You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Cow Corner podcast. We're here today to chat about the Vitality Blast in the UK and of course um, the unbelievable IPL season that's going on at the minute. A bit of a quarter slash third season uh, review just to kind of keep up with it because it's, it's felt really busy at the minute. Um, I'm joined today by Zach, our Northern correspondent up in Leeds. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about the, the crazy IPL and the fact that we did actually get a finals day. Just about squeezed it in. Um, I live in Birmingham and it was cataclysmic weather. It was a miracle they got it in on the Sunday. Um, no Glenn with us this week. Um, he's either recovering from his birthday week hangover or happy about the fact, too happy about the fact to talk to us that um, Son is coming off his bench in his fantasy team. Absolute shambles. Um, if you do want to join our league, by the way, remember to catch our Twitter at CalCorner8. The league code will be on there. Zach, you're top at the minute. Well done, mate. Thank you. Um, very happy with that who was your captain this week then what what was the big call I had Salah but I also had Rodriguez and Son in there so they all the midfield smashed it for me that's a strong midfield that's a strong midfield Um, there's a hundred shirt on the line for that Uh, as I said if you do want to join hit up our Twitter at CalCorner8 you'll find the code on there right let's get into it we're looking at the blast to start with Um, the third well the fourth of October it was in the end the latest finish to a season um, for many years, many hundreds of years. Um, we'll come on to what we both thought of it. We had a little chat before we started recording about whether it was actually worth it or not. I don't know. Let's come on to it. So um, the quarterfinals, they took place on Thursday, the 1st of October. Um, uh, Zach was telling me off air, actually, that none of the teams we wanted to see go through actually did. Uh, firstly, I'm a Sussex fan. They got bowled out for 95, chasing 140 uh, that Lancashire set them. That was at home as well in Hove and um, a really disappointing performance. Uh, Liam Livingston with four for 23. You hate to see that, don't you? Um, Stephen Croft made 41 with Lancashire for the bat. That that should have been under par, um, 140 at Hove, and, and clearly it wasn't. Uh, Surrey beat Kent. Um, that was at the Oval. They made 169 for two. Hashim Amla with 73. Interesting. Uh, Kent only made 137 off their 20 overs. Love to have seen Zach Crawley in finals day, but unfortunately uh, not to be the case. Uh, Gloucestershire beat Northants in um, a game that I have no interest in. Two of those counties I don't know anything about. Um, Gloucestershire's 114 for three um, was easily, uh, well, they chased that down. They chased 113 down that Northants set them. Uh, they chased 114 in 11.5 overs, so pretty convincing. And the final quarter final saw Notts Outlaws beat the Leicestershire Foxes. So that left us with the finals day of Gloucestershire, Surrey, Lancashire and Notts. Two semi-finals took place on Sunday in the end because Saturday was a washout. Um, both quarterfinals, uh, sorry, semi-finals consisting of 11 overs aside. Surrey chased down 73 to win the first semi-final and Notts chased down 94 to win the second semi-final, setting up Surrey, uh, Surrey Notts final. It was sorry. That's probably why I've said that. And not cruised in the end. Um, a 16-over final. They chased down 127 with 2.4 overs remaining. Uh, ben Duckett, 53, not out. Dan Christian um, hitting 
uh, good knocks in both uh, innings for for Notts and Surrey falling short. I think to most people's delight. Zach, I find that really quite boring to summarise. I found it really quite boring to watch. Great they got it in, and you know, congrats to all for getting it done with obviously the pandemic and with the weather around. I found myself watching the final with no crowd there, the commentators and the players trying desperately to get themselves up for it and not being able to get there. Um, what were your thoughts on the the finals day experience um this year this year around? Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't it wasn't finals day, really, was it? We can we can deal with test cricket without the fans to a certain extent. But finals day, especially when the cricket wasn't great and when the cricket's not great, they spend more time pumping the crowd up. It would have been a well-oiled <laughs> crowd singing Sweet Caroline, leading knots to victory at the end, even though. It was quite a disappointing day. It would have been. It was still would have been great because there would have been fans there. I think not at the beginning of the season. They were probably the favourites. They were really good throughout the group stage. I mean, they looked they looked pretty good here. They looked better than they were better than um, Lancashire. They but they but in both games they kind of start they didn't start so well in their bowling but pegged them back and it ended up that just they had the momentum going into their batting innings in both in both in both games I think Jason Roy batted quite well for Surrey in the final Evans batted nicely but like I said they should have really got to 150 in those 16 overs with the score they were at and only got to 127 Dan Christian doing it all taking four wickets and old Bolt are batting really well as well and and ex-Somerset legend Peter Trigo had a bit of a whack which was lovely (laughs) to see there was a lot of talk on uh, Somerset Twitter about whether we're supporting Overton or Trigo and Everyone was supporting Trigo. Yeah. No offence to Overton, it's just we don't like Surrey. <laughs> don't think anyone likes Surrey, really. I think we, we were chatting while the game was on saying everyone's nuts, right? Yeah, yeah, good. I agree with you. There was just some sort of all right performances, weren't there? I feel especially the quarterfinals being 11 overs aside for non for no team to be able to kind of go at 10s was a bit frustrating for such a short hit. Maybe testament to some good bowling. Or maybe the fact it was freezing cold and wet and... Just, there was no atmosphere there. That, that was obviously because there was no fans. And I think you said it perfectly there that even if the, uh, the cricket is a bit rubbish, it doesn't really matter because it's finals day and it's not really about the cricket. When there's no fans and all you have to watch and talk about is the cricket and, you know, the final was nuts chasing down. They were like going to need to run a ball at 30. It was just like, oh, OK, there's no jeopardy here and there's no fans and there's no Bumble and there's no Freddie Flintoff falling over in an Elvis costume. So it was missing a lot. And as you said, there were just some sort of all right knocks. My personal highlight was um, when Alex Hales got out in the final to a cracking delivery. Oh, no, it wasn't the final, excuse me. Matt Parkinson's delivery was gorgeous. Um, bit of effort and Jeffrey from Hales. And that nearly led to a five-run penalty if um, any of the Knox players got caught swearing on the mics again. So something you don't normally see. And the fact that that was um, the most memorable thing, I think, sums it up from my point of view. Yeah, it's also interesting that it was three days after he'd got bowled by pretty much the exact same ball yes. by Matt Parkinson's twin brother who plays for Leicestershire. A mm-hmm. left arm spinner though, but it was it was basically the same ball. Be- both beautiful deliveries and really I was I was kind of disappointed in Hales. I haven't watched that much of him recently, of course, because he's he's not played for England and I've I've only caught him when he's played for Knots on the TV. And I was kind of thinking, okay, if Knots are going to do well, it would be nice to see Hales you know, show Owen Morgan why he should be back in that England in that England team, and he he really didn't do that. And wasn't there rumours that there were you know sort of talks reopening between the two again? And this could have been his chance, like you said. And yeah, he didn't look he did he looked alright. Um, it would it'd be weird if Matt Parkinson's twin brother also bowled leg spin. That would be kind of creepy. Um, so it's kind of good that he bowls a bit of left arm spin. Um, lovely deliveries though um, Duckett he looked really good for the whole of finals day I think Knotts deserved to win it as well by the way I think they looked great the whole day for maybe another England call up for him um, he's worn the uh, he's worn the three lines before is, is there a chance of him coming back do you reckon or is that a bit far-fetched I think I think nobody nobody really played well enough Duckett did well and Duckett he did do really well in the situation. He played the situation really well because he didn't need to thrash. And there was pressure was building on him, but then he got a bit of help um, from Trigo and then from Christian that kind of helped get him over the line. And he anchored that innings really well, but I think he'd have to he'd have to do that again five or six times in a row 
for him to really displace any of the, there's just too many players that are mm. better for it yeah. on well that are better on their day and that are better more consistently but that's kind of the the thing with T20 cricket is the team that wins it often isn't the team that has the best individual players because it's such a it's such an unpredictable game and we're, I mean we're going to come on to the IPL and it's the exact same there where anyone can beat anyone really in T20 cricket that's why it can be so frustrating but so enthralling especially as a Somerset fan one of the best players but just don't ever seem to do it yeah I agree with that um I just is no there's not really a, a place for him a good knock though nonetheless and not deserved winners the evergreen Dan Christian who must have been around for I, I don't know how long now looked unbelievable um and yeah it, it was credit to the ECB and everyone for getting it in the weather was unbelievable on Saturday and I was really only rooting for a, a bowl off which kept getting chucked around a couple of times, the possibility of it. Um, when when they saw the weather that Saturday and Sunday was going to be bad and there was no other reserve day, they thought it was going to be a bowl out. Then they came up with Wednesday the 7th was the third day. And then they said, which is the closest I think we got to it, is that if the semi-final starts, one of the semi-final starts, and it, the whole day can't be finished, we move to a bowl out. And we nearly got there. I was doing a little rain dance outside, but... Um, I've watched your bowl out before. They're hilarious. I mean, it would have been carnage. Yeah, it would have been hilarious. It, I mean, it would have been brilliant to see a bowl out, but I think a lot of people wouldn't have wanted to see that, would have kind of wanted to... I think some people on Twitter were kind of saying, we might as well just give up on the tournament and try again on a on a Maybank holiday next year, was one of the <laughs> thoughts I saw. It was kind of, let's just do finals day and Maybank holiday where the weather will be better, which I don't agree with. I think a bowl out would have been a hilarious way to end this weird and mad, but brilliant season. Yeah, I totally agree. How fitting would that have been to see? I don't know. Let's say it goes to like six six, and all of a sudden, you know, Moores has got to come in and try and turn his arm over, or Alex Hales can bowl a bit of medium pace. Now that wouldn't have been a way to end the summer. Um, congratulations to Notts, though, um, deserved winners. Um, it's been a great season at county level. We had a great chat about the Bob Willis Trophy uh, in episode ten. If you want to go check that out, and the, the white ball stuff has been fantastic too. Right, um, let's move on. Let's move um, very far east over to uh, Dubai to chat about the IPL. And it's been going on for what feels like a long time now. Two weeks. Zach's giving me good. Yeah, about that. Maybe over two weeks now. We're recording on Monday the 5th. Um, It's been unbelievable. Um, They're not in India. They're out in Dubai. Um, We chatted briefly. I think we mentioned it um, a little bit in, in an episode a few weeks ago. Um, the crowd noise has started to annoy me less. I think I quite like it. Um, and there's been some unbelievable scoring, unbelievable hitting. Uh, we're going to go through each team, um, how they've gone on so far, chat about the England players. Uh, but Zach, I just want to hear your general thoughts on the IPL so far. I've been loving it. It's on a, When I'm not at work, it's a, on a great time of day. Wish I was working from home at the minute because that, that would fill up the afternoon. Um, how are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it and I'm kind of moving my work. So I'm kind of working till four. I'm kind of trying to do eight till four. So I only missed the first hour. So I mean, I can, I can maximise it. And it's it's been brilliant so far. Every game's had, there's been so many ups and downs, so many amazing performances from some young Indian talent. And it really does beg the question. And I, I think I say this every year when I watch the IPL, that how aren't India by far and away the best uh, T20 side in the world? For me, it doesn't make any sense because they've just got so many amazing players. And the amount of players that are 20, 19, 21 that are playing fantastic cricket is, is brilliant to see. And it's been a fantastic tournament with, you know, so many amazing games so far. Yeah, and that's why we kind of, I'd call this almost an, an emergency IPL pod um, because we were chatting the other week about how much had happened in such a, a short amount of time. Um, we were looking through each team and we'll, we'll chat about the England players in each team and, and there have been plenty, which is good. Um, if we start at the top of the table, as of Monday, the 5th of October, um, the Delhi Capitals, who Zach was telling me were rebranded a couple of years ago. I was trying to remember who they were. It was the Delhi Daredevils. If we look at some of the sort of bigger name players um, from their team, um, Shikha Darwan opening the batting. They've got Shimon Hetmeyer as one of their... Um, Overseas players, um, Einrich Norkia, the uh, South African bowler, has um, surprised, I think one would argue. And Marcus Stoinis has been unbelievable, actually. His death bowling has been fantastic. 
and then um, another South African paceman, uh, Kagiso Rabada. Um, Zach, you were saying actually before, off air how basically the best bowling teams are leading it at the minute and just some of the names I've said there, I think that is such a strong attack. Yeah, I think the the balance of this side is the thing that stands out to me. They've got this amazing top order. The top four are all quality Indian batsmen. They've got and they've they've got arguably the two most exciting young Indian batsmen in Rishabh Pant and Prithvi Shaw, who are both playing brilliantly. Shikhar Dhawan and Sherry Saya both also very good. But then, like like you said, they've got Kisa Rabada, who for me in the IPL just looks a cut above everyone else. He's got 12 wickets in five games and he's got, mm-hmm. he's taken a wicket in his last 19 IPL games, at least one wicket, which is just a bit of a silly stat in such a up and down tournament. They've got, they've unfortunately got no uh, English players this year. They were meant to have Wokes and Roy who both pulled out, but they would have been carrying the drinks. There's no way they'd be getting to this side. The balance is just, I think the balance, like I've said, is just so good. It is, isn't it? And I think, my standout, um, you mentioned this off air as well, has been Marcus Stoinis. He showed a little bit of form in the um, one day in T20 series with um, against England when he was representing Australia. And now he's come over to play for the Delhi Capitals. I was watching a game. Oh, I can't remember who they were playing because it's all kind of meshed into one. But he bowled this fantastic slower ball Yorker. Um, I don't know who it was against. They were chasing a lot. But his death ball bowling um, has been really, really good. Surprisingly good. And then, like you said, I think it was Rabada that um, bowled that super over when they played Kings Eleven that won them that game. And that seems to be what's just about creeping them above the pack in the minute at the minute in what is quite a congested table still. Yeah, and, and Stoinis, I think, is it 250s now? And for someone who's coming in and just whacking it straight from the off, he was striking it. He's striking a, a tick below 200 today for mm. his for his 50. Mm. And if someone like that is coming off. You know, he's come off two out of five. That's pretty good when you've got Shimron Hetmeyer as another batsman and an amazing top four. They are kind of the perennial underachievers, though, Delhi Capitals. They kind of always fall short. They finished third last season, but looked really good again. But they kind of... Last season was a bit of a weird one because everyone lost their international players um, for the playoffs. So it was kind of always going to be the teams that had the least reliance on the international players. And because of Rabada being so good, it meant that they didn't really have enough. But yeah, this season, I don't see anyone really playing better than them. Obviously, there's the old the old teams that always win it, that seem to always come good in the end. But I'd like to see someone beat Delhi Capitals. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're the, the ones to beat at the minute. Um, they'll definitely be in that quarterfinal, semifinal lineup. But as we have seen so far in the IPL, anybody could beat anybody. It's like the championship, the English championship, second division. Anybody can beat anyone. It's a great cliche. But it has happened already. There's a great tweet, I think, from uh, ESPN showing who beat who in this big circle. And that was only after three or four games. Um, now we're sort of five games in. You can see the pack starting to kind of spread out a bit and shuffle around. Let's move on to the team in second place, uh, Mumbai Indians. They have played five, won three, uh, lost two with a healthy net run rate of 1.2. Did you Have you seen the documentary on these guys, by the way? Did you see the Netflix thing a few years ago on the Mumbai Indians? They feel like the sort of Manchester United of the IPL, sort of the biggest, richest team. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if they... Can, I, I don't see them as the Man United because I quite like Mumbai Indians and I really don't like <laughs> Man United. Yes, I did, see the, I did see the documentary and I really enjoyed it. I thought it taught me a lot more about... Uh, well, Ishan Kishan and the Pandya mm-hmm. brothers. And it was nice to see. It was nice to see Kieran Pollard getting some getting some respect and loving from everyone because he's a great bloke. And he, uh, I've only seen one of his innings so far. It might be the only one of any note, but in that crazy game at Sharjah, he hit 40 off maybe 18 deliveries and, and looked like his old self. Uh, as for their overseas um, signings this year, they've got Quinton de Kock uh, with the gloves. Um, Mitch McLenaghan, Nathan Coulton-Nile. I'm not sure I've got a game yet from the top of my head. Um, I, I don't think so anyway. James Pattinson definitely has had a game. Uh, the Australian seamer, uh, as has Trent Bolt, um, the left armour from uh, New Zealand. Chris Lynn's in this squad. Has he played yet? No, he hasn't, which was it was a weird one because he, uh, KKR let him go last year because he wasn't performing that well. And 
Mm. Obviously, MI picked him up straight away because he's such a good player in T20 cricket. But he hasn't had a game. I think it would be just because of the the balance in the side. He's not going to displace Quinton de Kock, who's been with them for a while now and is a fantastic uh, wicketkeeper batsman, one of the best in the world. And then they've got. I'm really, I'm really surprised that Patterson's played as much as he has, but he's looked good. Yeah. He's taken wickets. He's taken wickets up top, and it's actually meant that Bumrah isn't opening the bowling for them. Bumrah's bowling at third or fourth over, which for me seems really weird. And he actually, Bumrah hasn't been as good as I'd expect him to be. He, he's still taken seven wickets, but they and they've the, what they, I think what they've done well is they've all complemented each other. Right? So Bumrah, Patterson, and Chahar, the spinner, have all taken seven wickets, and then Bolt's taken eight. So that's such a such a balanced attack. But like we said, the best bowling teams are, are winning. So I think they're such a good attack. I mean, Bolt and Bumrah are arguably the two best death bowlers in the world. So you'd expect them. They, did, they were doing an interview, I think it was yesterday when they were playing. They were talking to the bowling coach and they were asking what he says to his players. And I was kind of thinking, I'd love to have your job. You've got probably the two best death bowlers in the world. Like what a job that is, managing Bumrah and Bolt. But actually, Bumrah's gone for a bit. But I think it's just we have, we have such high standards of Jasper Bumrah that he hasn't actually been that bad. Yeah, from what I've seen, he's not been like that lethal bowler, or not lethal, but awkward bowler that you see at Test cricket. I think he got a fiver for like six runs in a Test match against West Indies and looked impossible to play. He's not quite there, but he's definitely very effective. Bolt is so useful when it swings at the top. He's sort of the David Willey of down under, if you will. Um and if it does swing, he's incredibly effective. If it doesn't, um, he has to be pretty accurate. And, and he is. And he's also a very good ground fielder and a, and a good catcher as well. So good players to have in there. Um, Rohit Sharma is their captain. Sort of undeniable class there. And they're always the sort of team, like I think you said at the top of the show, that's always there or thereabouts, aren't they? So I'd expect them to be the same this year. Yeah, they've won it. They've won it f- uh, four times now, I think, which is just a bit silly, really. Cause it's, <laughs> going, it's only been going on for like 13 years, and yeah. I think uh, well, them and CSK between them have won it seven times. They've just got. We talked about the balance, the balance of the of the Delhi Capital side, and it's going to be a theme throughout my uh, <laughs> review of the IPL so far. The teams that have balanced teams that don't, because they've got quite a good top order. Surya Kumar Yadav hasn't played that well, but was really good last year, so I'm sure he can come good. Quinton de Kock. We talked about how good he is. He's got 150, didn't start too well, but battled for the 50. And then they've got mm. Pollard and the Pandia brothers. And I always forget about Krunal Pandia. I feel like he doesn't get any of the plaudits because his brother is this big superstar celebrity who yeah. could probably can hit the ball slightly further than his brother. But Krunal's bowled a lot more. He's bowled quite a lot in the power play and has looked really good, taken some important wickets. And they've both hit massive, massive sixes. And with those three... You know, one of them's going to come off, aren't they? Really, you only need one of them to fire, and you're going to get yourself from a pass score to an above pass score. So I think again, yeah, like we said, they're going to be there or thereabouts. They're a very good team. Uh, definitely, Hardik Pandya. Yeah, I like that. He is a celebrity, isn't he? Paul Krunow, who's a great cricketer, doesn't quite get the uh, the limelight that Hardik teams to dominate um, in India, especially. Uh, let's move on to third place um, as the current standings have it. Uh, RCB, and I say that with a sort of questioning um, inflection in my voice because the couple times I've watched them, they really haven't looked great. Um, played five, uh, won three, lost two, so the same record as the Mumbai Indians. Uh, their net run rate is minus 1.3, which shows you some of the sort of damning losses they have had so far this season with an incredibly strong squad um, when you look at it on paper it hasn't quite performed how I think they would have wanted it to so far but you know they're hanging around in there uh, they brought in Adam Zampa late who uh, didn't play today uh, because of a stomach bug um, and then Virat Kohli's their captain you've got De Villiers Moeen so the first English player we're going to mention uh, this episode Aaron Finch at the top of the order, who I think is playing for his like sixth franchise in the IPL now. Um, and they had Dale Stain, um, who's kind of in and out. He, he's looked all right um, with, with a new long trim, a lockdown trim. And Josh Philippi as well, who uh, has been um, keeping wicket for them, has looked a bit Tom Bantonish, I think you said to me, um, Zach, over, over chat last week, maybe. Yeah, he's, he he played the first couple games and then kind of dropped out because he didn't play very well. But they he's an opener and he's hit like I feel like I've watched him hit about five or six hundreds in the few BBL games I've watched for the Sydney Sixers. 
but they were batting him at five. They did bat him at three one day, and I think he got a second ball duck. So it was kind of me. I had to I had to eat my words. But he wasn't opening, and that was the thing. He wasn't yeah. open, but he was bait. He did he did come in after about four balls. But yeah, it, it was a, I was really surprised to see him get picked for the IPL. I feel like Aussie players like that seem to get picked picked mm. up way more than English players do. Aussie players who aren't who aren't in the international side like he's not really played for australia which by i don't i don't know why that is i don't know if if australian players just put themselves up for it i think it's just more of a history thing australian players have always played in the ipl i think shane watson's one of the highest uh capped players in this one but yeah rcb they've got loads of really good players abd is you know he's quite good obviously we know that we expect we expect more from him probably uh, Paddy Cal, this young 20-year-old opener, is actually been their best player. And when they've got a top order of AB, Coley and Finch, you would never think that someone else would be the star. But 350s in his first four games, what a prospect. But Coley, he hit a 50 the other day, but no. Um, Yuzvendra Chahal, and now I mention him because I did make a fantasy draft before I got too overwhelmed by the website, and he was in it, and he's looked lethal. Um uh, for um, the, the, is he a right arm? Yeah, he's a right arm leg spinner. Um, looked fantastic. Plenty of India caps for him, so we kind of expect that for him. Um, and Umesh Yadav looks awful. Um, I thought he, he's been really expensive in the games I've seen. There were more maybe last week when they were playing. Um, you have to apologise for my lack of accuracy here. That the the games have kind of washed over me slightly. There's so many of them, but yeah, Yadav looked terrible for such an experienced Indian bowler. I haven't really liked the sight of him running it. I feel like Yadav, um, he never really looks that good in the mm. IPL. He's always quite expensive. And the person I'm really disappointed is Udana, who's the Sri Lankan seamer. Because yeah. it just, it seems like such a weird pick because we've spoken about bowling attacks and a really high class overseas death bowling seamer is such a is such an important pick. And most teams have got one, at least one who can sort it out for them and bowl really well at the death. And the teams that the team, one of the teams that doesn't is RCB. They're bowling, this team bowling attack just isn't really doing it for me. Saying he does it sometimes, but he's not consistent enough. And I think, again, I'd be surprised if they make it to the, if they make it to the, uh, the last four, the semifinals, but you never know really, do you? That's, that's the, that's the beauty of the IPL. I agree. I think their their three and two record five games in is a little bit flattering for what the kind of cricket they have produced. And they've won, you know, a super over games, some very tight games. And yeah, I can't see that really lasting, um, especially with the sort of Nick uh, Virat Kohli's in at the minute. Um, we're recording on Monday the 5th. They just uh, lost to the Daily Capitals. Uh, and Moeen had his first game. Um, he bowled all right and then got out like 11 off 13, a classic sort of mowing innings that I think we spoke about him potentially doing in the England-Australia ODI series. But I hope he gets a few more games. Do you, do you reckon he will? I was really surprised to see him picked, especially mm. because they, they had actually been winning games. I think he came in for Zampa, who dropped out because of the bug. But if Zampa's better, then Zampa bowls better and than Moeen does that's kind of something we've come to terms with in the last year and he Moeen's not I mean Moeen doesn't do it with the bat there was a point in the innings he didn't bowl till about the 11th over I thought are they going to just not bowl him is he in it for his batting and then they did bowl him and he bowled okay he took a wicket kept it quite tight and then his batting just I mean it's just like they're such a they're, they're an unbalanced side. <laughs> I've got to a cliche now. It's quite um, it's quite unbalanced. I, I feel like it's either the team is either balanced or they're unbalanced. And if they're balanced, they make it to the the last four. If they're not, they're out of there. So we've had two and one so far. So the RCB your first unbalanced team. I think I agree with you on that. Um, especially I, I love looking at the way they use their overseas players each franchise because they only get four and they are so important as how they use them and. Um, you mentioned this off air, uh, kind of. If you want to go into this point now, actually, is you think there should be um, the overseas players should be used in very specific positions, and then use your Indian players elsewhere to be most effective, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, the kind of formula that I feel like works well is you usually have. I mean, the best teams usually have at least one, but two seamers that mm-hmm. are overseas, because a spinner. I mean, Indian players are generally, you know, Indian 
the spinners are generally quite good. So you might have one spinner, but he's going to have to be a spinning all-rounder most mm-hmm. of the time for the best sides. There's going to be a big hitter in there because most, I feel like most of the most of the teams kind of there aren't many Indian big hitters. The Pandya brothers aside, so the big hitters are often usually an overseas player, and then you'll maybe have a top order batsman. A wicket keeper is quite a common one as well. Mm. I feel like. India, I mean, seems to not produce that many wicket keepers. I say that, but obviously, you know, Dhoni's a bit of a legend. <laughs> Rishabh pa- Pant's not bad. Rishabh Pant's a soon-to-be legend, if not already, in my opinion. Yeah, and Dinesh Kartik, again, not bad, but we're going to come on to Ooh, his yeah. aver- averageness. Uh, should we move on to that now, my, well, my yeah, team? Um, that is your team, yeah. Um, KKR uh, currently sitting fourth. Um, they've only played four, though, so they're a game behind the three we've already spoken about. Uh, 1-2 lost to um, the perfect 500 record for the IPL, um, which I, I feel like every team could be at. Every team could be 2-2. Two and two, Every team could be, you know, 3-2. and two. Um, It's been so close, all these games. Um, let's look into and dive into KKR's squad. Well, Zach, I'll come to you first, mate. They're your team. What are your thoughts on their 2-2 two and two start so far? And talk to me about Kartik the captain, Kartik the batsman, Kartik the keeper. I mean, if there's one person I don't really want to talk about, it's Dinesh Kartik. For me, he doesn't. I mean, he. The thing is, they they frame him as this leader who's a weekly batsman, but I don't think he's batted well for about five years now. That is obviously a massive over exaggeration. But yeah. he, he hasn't batted well this year. He didn't bat well last year. They don't. They didn't have this year. It's they're not. I mean, last year they relied a lot on Dre Rust, and Dre Rust was brilliant. Mm-hmm. For them this year, he's not been that great. Shubman Gill, the young opener, has been really good, but other than that, they've not been great. They again, Morgan's played quite well. I'm sure we'll come on to Owen Morgan. Pat Cummins, the most expensive player in the auction, got pumped for 49 from three overs in his first game, and it was, it was he has been much better since. I think they're just bowling him a bit more up top. Yeah, and then, like because he's because he's very good with the new ball. They've got two youngsters, Mavi and Nagarkoti, who are two young seam bowlers who've been bowling quite well. Because that was a bit of an issue for them last year. They had Lockie Ferguson bowling at the death and bowling mm. bowling length at the death and getting smacked around the place. Uh, my boy Tom Banton hasn't had a go yet. I can't really see a way into the side for him. The only way I've kind of I have worked out a way he could get into the side. It's if because Kuldeep Yadav isn't actually bowling that much, even though he's playing. I think yeah. that might be the fact he's a left arm unorthodox, unorthodox bowler. But if you're going to play him, he's got a bowl. He was in the he was in the World Cup squad for India last year. And I think if he bowls more, Narine's not bowling especially well. So Narine has to be the one who drops out because of the overseas factor. Because um, Gill and Banton could open up maybe, but Narine, the fact he can bowl spin and bowls all right, means that I can't really see Banton getting a chance. The only, the only way he gets a chance is if KKR do badly, I think, if they go on a bit of a poor run, which is possible they could go on a poor run. Like we said, anything's possible in the IPL. There's there's time for them to lose sort of three in a row and there still be a few games. I think I, I agree that that's what it would take. The the Narine thing, um, he annoys me the most. It, it, he's my Kartik to you, if you will. I, I hate talking about him, but here we go, because he opened the batting and he's had that... He, He's, he was an unorthodox spinner before, a great off spinner with a with a wrong end and, and the works really. And then he opened the batting. Was it last year or two years ago where he just went he just went totally nuts and was striking it, it just that sort of um, you know pinch hitter at the top of the order. And now teams have figured him out. And I don't think he's got a single score this whole IPL. And uh, has he bowled? You just mentioned he's not bowled that much. Is, is he? Is he having? He's, is he turning his arm? He's he's bowling. He's bowling. He's not. He's not always bowling his full complement. He's not taking that many wickets. He's not. He's not really doing anything special with the ball. Yeah. He's also not going for that many runs. Which I suppose, as a spinner in the middle overs, if he's going for eight, that's not that bad. It's, it's it's doable. But yeah, like you say, when he first came in and opened the batting, it was like, wow, what are they doing? He's a lower order big hitter. Yeah, he, it was crazy. He, he did he did that at the top, and I think he hit a hundred at one point last year, and it was it was brilliant. It was just you didn't expect it, but this year everyone seems to have yeah, like you said, worked him out, and I don't know. Yeah, it I, I don't working. get. And I think what they're doing at the minute, and like you said, they're waiting for something terrible to happen before they really change that top order, is that they know he can go off like that. And if he does that maybe two games, his whole IPL, that's probably enough for them. That's all the payoff they really need for him, especially, like you said, if he's got a control couple of overs in the middle. 
Um, but I feel like if you just bowl it into the deck toward his hip, he's not going to really harm you. Um, and teams have worked him out like that. So that looks like a good way for Banton to get in, hopefully. I do hope he gets a game. I'm sure he's learning loads out there, as um, Sky commentators love to say about English players at the IPL. You know, oh, the wise words of X, Y and Z coach. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I hope he's doing all right out there, obviously. Yeah, Bre- Brendan McCollum is the one that they're uh, they're talking about a lot because he's the coach of KKR. They're saying how much he must be learning from Brendan McCollum. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure they're just sat there every night just talking solely about batting and Tom Bass is going to come back as the next Brendan McCollum. Um, he's, he's, not, he's not actually just getting good at COD. <laughs> that's it he's just he's using the sort of uh middle east servers just to see how good he is over there and then just improving his game um let's chat about another england player owen morgan came in freakishly low down the order the other day um was it six or seven um he comes on the on the card really low sometimes but he's looking pretty good out there actually we, we, we spoke in our group chat about how he hasn't really i think some of the commentators do the English coverage out there have said the same thing. He hasn't really exploded in the IPL. Um, he's not been the sort of star that he has been in an England shirt, but he's a pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, he's basically looked like he's been captaining the side quite a lot. Mm. There's been a lot of talk about this, about how he, he might as well captain this side and that he would be doing a better job than Dinesh Kartik. I thought like there's a lot of question marks around Kartik, but that could be a topic we could have a whole podcast on. <laughs> but yeah. I think Morgan's looked looked all right. He's hit a few. He hit a match winning. He hit a match winning. He was a finisher in one of the games early on. It was a comfortable chase, but he still, you know, he got them over the line with a. I think he was only striking about 120, hit about 30. And yeah, he's looked all right, but he's still got. You've got to remember, they've still got 10 games left in this group stage, and he's he's got to be a mainstay of that. All I know is, God, we've got a lot of cricket to talk about. <laughs> he's, I think he's going to be a mainstay in this team. I can't see another player that their their middle order was was. The middle order, other than Dre Russ, was something they really struggled with last year. So I think they're gonna, they, you know, they've got a bit of better balance than they had last year because last year they had Lynn and Ryan, and that was two overseas players opening the batting for them. And it's kind of that's we are. I've, I've spoken about the perfect formula that I think uh, you know. Yeah. IPL. If you want a batting consultant, uh, just call me up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So if we've got if we've got Delhi as balanced, we've got Mumbai as balanced, RCB aren't that balanced. You've got KKR in between balanced and unbalanced. They're on one leg, just sort of hovering at the minute. Yeah, I think I think it helps the balance of the side if Narayan can bowl better. Then obviously a person who can open the batting as well as can bowl a bit of spin and take some wickets that that makes any side balanced. That's the epitome of balance. That this. This goes back to the the Moe and Ali question in our T20 squads that it just yeah. it makes it good, but you know, seems like no one can really manage the fact that they can be a spin bowler and a really good really good batsman as well. But yeah, don't know I don't know why that is. Really. I think out of the out of the four teams we've discussed so far, um, whenever I see what game it is on the day, KKR I like to watch. If you know what I mean, there's some teams I really do enjoy watching, and it is this team for you know a lot of the players you've spoken about. Um, Dre Russ, Morgan, the English talent there. And I do, I get the sort of Narine buzz as much as I dislike him. Is that, oh, he could go, he could go, we know what he could do. So I'm backing them to get in the final in the final four. Um, like you said, t- 10 games still to go. So we'll see. Uh, and I- I'm enjoying Morgan uh, out there at the minute as well. Okay, um, let's move on. Uh, in fifth place uh, in the current standings, much like, uh, well, exactly the same as KKR, um, played four, so I'm guessing KKR play Rajasthan next, which is exciting. Um, is Rajasthan Royals own fifth? Um, sport myself there. Um, four games, one two, lost two. Um, minus 0.3 is their net run rate, so a little bit worse than KKR, which is why they have them um, below them. So the most England players um, in this squad um, are the team I most enjoy watching, despite um, me not supporting them. Uh, we'll come on to that team later. Uh, Joffrey Archer, Joss Butler, uh, Ben Stokes is now out there, and Tom Curran has got a lot of games at the minute as well, which is great. Should we talk about those England players to start, Zach? Um, Archer had an electric, absolutely electric IPL um, with the bat, weirdly enough. Or, uh, with the ball, he's been great, by the way. Um, but some of his batting, uh, he hit four sixes in a row off of... Again, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember what team or what bowler. 
It was, it was, arose, go on. Lungi and Giddy. Lungi and Giddy for Chennai Super Kings. That was it. And it was it, just it was four, it was, hitting. It was four sixes in a row and two of them were no balls. So it was four sixes off of two legal deliveries. <laughs> it was out, but I've never seen him hit the ball like that for England. And that that's just, there's nothing to, to kind of dwell on. Just, it's amazing to see him hit the ball like that. And how exciting is that that we know he can do it? You say it's nothing to dwell on, but it is something that people are dwelling on a lot. And it's really annoying me because it's not the first time he's done this. He did this last year in the IPL. He did this last year in the Big Bash when he played for Hobart. He's he's done it before. He just, I don't know what it is in an England shirt. It's almost the, I mean, he's been coming in at like six sometimes when they've, when they've, <laughs> like, when they when they've started well, he comes in at six. But they need a big hitter coming in for the last five overs, and I absolutely love that. I would love to see him do that for England. But you know what it is? It's all set up. He's not going to do it for England, but he's going to do it in the T20 World Cup final next year. And we'll come <laughs> we'll come back to this when he does it. When he does it, we'll need it'll be it'll be the exact same as the 2016 T20 World Cup final, but the other way around. Oh, okay. We'll well, need... Arch is the, the 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 Carlos Brathwaite of this situation. Yep, we'll need 28 off the last off the last over, and he'll do it with a ball to spare. Okay, everybody listening, clip that, clip what Zach's just said, and we'll see you in a year. Yeah, and if that happens, then wow, well, I don't know. Give get, get us a sponsorship. Give, give this give this podcast some money. You know, that's <laughs> huge. I like that. Um, his bowling has been pretty good. I thought what winds me up so much so far about this IPL, the English commentary team, Kevin Peterson, Mark Nicholas, uh, Ian Bishop. Slater, etc., etc. Much like the English commentary team on Sky and the BBC are obsessed with how quick he bowls it, and it winds me up so much. Like I think a game I watched him play the other day, he started with a slower ball at like I don't know 115 k's, and Peterson was beside himself in the commentary box, like ah, oh, Jofra, you first over, come and bowl it in really quick. But what's wrong with a bit of deception? Yeah, it went for four, it wasn't a great delivery, but. I hate how wound up people get about Archer's pace. And it clearly isn't just an English thing, right? International cricket's obsessed with it. Yeah, exactly. But it's also, it's one of his key skills is his variation of his exactly. pace. Because his action looks, they, they, there's been lots on this on during test matches. His action looks exactly the same, apart from at the last, very last split second about whether he's bowling a knuckleball, whether he's bowling a slow ball, whether he's bowling a bouncer. It, it looks no different in any of his run-up, any of his like uh collect that he does when he collects the ball it, it yeah that's that's part of it how good he is at bowling slower balls it's part of it he's such a highly skilled bowler he can even bowl a bit of left arm spin i saw in the nets at one point last year <laughs> yeah what an all-rounder but yeah what, what another player, another player i wanted to come on to was uh Jaiswal, who's an 18 year old who actually there was a really good interview with him on i mean i'm i'm, I'm going to plug another podcast here on TMS at the it's T, they're calling it TMS at the IPL but actually it's the Deucer podcast with uh, Ishikua and Artif Nawaz yes. who I, I really like both of them they interviewed a lot of their players from Rajasthan Royals of course they interviewed Tom Curran they interviewed they interviewed Sanju Sampson who uh, has been absolutely class but they also interviewed Jaiswal who was an 18 year old who left his family at the age of 11 and lived in a tent for two years in Mumbai because that's how committed he was wow. to becoming a cricketer. And now he's he's one of the upcoming players. He's playing quite well in this tournament. And I mean, what a player, what a story. That is a great story. I didn't know that. Great to see him doing well. Um, can we talk about Rahul Tawatia? Um, I feel like his name should be on only after the watershed. I, I, I have, it's, it's a shocker, really, in, in the English language anyway. Um he had one of the most amazing innings I think I've ever seen in a T20, uh, let alone the IPL. Um, again, forgive me, I can't remember the exact game it was, but he started so sluggishly and he came in. They promoted him as this sort of pinch hitter with Archer still to come. And, and after he was like, I don't know, 15 off 21, he went crazy. And after the commentators were going in on what the decision was, I think he ended up with 50 off maybe... 30 yard balls he accelerated his strike rate outrageously and it's probably one of the stories of the IPL so far 
Yeah, it's been, it's been it's now being referred to as doing a Tawatia when uh whoa, when whoa, that teams... like some... <laughs> I know, weird. I know. <laughs> but it's being referred to as every yeah. time it's everyone everyone's seeing someone bat slow because the commentators were literally telling him to sacrifice his wicket. That's how badly yeah. it was going. <laughs> they were <laughs> going so bad. in on him. Yeah. They were absolutely going in on him. And then he came out and did that. So every time there's been a because it got to the point where they needed something like eighty off of the last five overs and he was just he was just knocking it about defending the ball you know doing nothing then he he went absolutely berserk so now every time there's a a chase that looks improbable they're saying well remember what Tawatia did remember what 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 can happen do a Tawatia fantastic um there has been a lot of that this IPL like teams needing 90 off 30 balls or 80 off 25 and since that game in which he scored that innings uh, that knock and I think I'm right in saying that Rajasthan wanted to win it or at least take it to that super over um that the commentators haven't been willing to give the game up yet. It has looked like it's been happening, especially at Sharjah, which is one of the three rotation grounds, which has some of the tiniest boundaries um, I think I've ever seen in cricket. I, for one, am enjoying it slightly. Um, it's nice to see those games. And then, uh, you know, you go to Dubai and Abu Dhabi and, and the boundaries are huge. Um, but I, I'm guessing that game was a, a, a at Sharjah and it was outrageous hitting even with small boundaries Let, let's take that to one side um, so yeah doing a Tuatia yeah why not I like that uh, so should we move on to sixth place with uh, two wins three losses it's the ever the ever you know the old favourites mm. the old timers the <laughs> Chelsea Kings it does feel like it feels like a bit of a IPL retirement home doesn't it yeah because they've got you know They've got a lot of players who've, who've been very good. Shane Watson, we said, has got one of the highest appearances in, in the IPL. Won it in, the, in its first ever year in 2008 with Rajasthan Royals. Still going. Dhoni, still going. <laughs> Faftu still going. Faftu Pasi is actually playing very well. And then they've got young Sam Curran to bring their average age down by about 15. Who's playing really well. And coming in as a coming in at number four at one point as yeah. well. So, yeah. Yeah, started really well. They one one thing that I've noticed the, the difference between their side this year and the side that made it to the final last year, and they were so good last year. I thought they were going to win it because what they did last year was they they just had really good spinners and they bowled first and teams got no runs against them. I think in the first game they bowled, I think it was RCB out for 80 last year, and but they're not. They're not playing to here. I don't know why that is. I think maybe maybe they might, maybe they have a cap in the IPL this year on the average age of your team. Because if he was in that starting eleven as well, we're talking about an outrageously old team here. Especially if you put him in for Sam Curran, imagine. <laughs> what if Dwayne yeah. Rano's in there as well? This is getting just like well, that's the thing. sounds like a 2009 World Cup, you know, best eleven or something. <laughs> exactly, because they've lost, but they, they this year they lost Harbhajan. Sing. Well, yeah. that's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't want to travel because of his family. He's a bit worried about yeah. coronavirus. Fully understandable. And also, you know, have a rest, Harbhajan. You've been around for a long time, but I suppose you could say it to the whole, whole team. Uh, and Suresh Reiner, who is, well, was until the other day, the highest appearance holder in, in the IPL, in IPL history, also not there this year. I think also they signed Pirish Chowler, who again, very old player, wasn't very good for my boys KKR last year. Thought it was a really weird move. Mm. Yeah, I, I would, I really don't like CSK. They're my least favourite team in the IPL. They always have been. They, you know, they they did, you know, get done for cheating as well. But they always managed to make it to the playoffs, and I, I really, I don't know why. I think they're going to do it again. I mean, I don't think they're going to do it again. Some of these knocks of MS Dhoni have been bizarre. And I know he likes to take a game deep and at least give his team a chance. And there was a partnership with him and Jadeja, another old-timer, who they nearly got it over the line, but it wasn't quite there. He's had some bizarre sort of understrike rate of 100 knocks that people are getting quite frustrated with. Um, and if you look at the rest, it's called Murali Vijay in it. This really is a retirement home for uh, ex-greats. It is great to see Sam Curran doing well, though. Um, an interesting stat I saw is that he currently has the highest strike rate in the IPL um, of any batsman, somewhere in the mid-200s, which is outrageous. And as you said, Zach, he's coming at four. Um, a real great pinch hitter. And his bowling has been fantastic as well. I'm not sure how many wickets he's taken, but he, he chips in most of the time, opens the bowling, and that's sort of, again, like Trent Bolt. If it's swinging, 
that left arm um, over the wicket is really lethal at the start. And great to see him doing well in such a big tournament. Um, I remember when he got picked for the IPL squad, excuse me, the England squad, the white ball squad, I kind of forgot about him as a white ball player. I think he's really showing his stripes in this tournament. Yeah, I completely agree. He's been really good and he look, he's looked really good from the start. I I was really surprised to see him in the team because he last yeah. year he played for he played for Kings 11 and he I mean took a hat trick and batted a bit but he kind of flattered to deceive a little bit because those were he kind of had one good batting performance, one good bowling performance and then was in and out of the side. He I was I was really surprised to see them pick him up this year and was really surprised I'm been really surprised to see him do so well but fair play to him and I wish him all the best. Likewise, uh, you know, great to see him in the talent there and I, I agree. I'm just surprised to see him there, at, you know, opening the bowling for them. They obviously like him uh, and he's doing well so far. Um, an amazing game um, last night or the night before. Uh, Shane Watson and Faf Duplessis opening the batting and chasing down 170 yard without losing a wicket against um, lowly Kings 11. Um, so yeah, they've got, they've got it in them for me. I don't think they're, gonna, they're not going to go over the line. I don't know why. I think I don't want them to. I'm the same as you. They're my least favorite team. Only Sam Curran's keeping them in the good books at the minute. Um, Josh Hazelwood's in that squad. Do you reckon he's going to get a game? Oh, I'd love to see him get a game. Because <laughs> yeah. a but him, him bowling at charge would be lethal, wouldn't it? I'm sorry. I know he's a bowler, but he bowls in the same place every time. <laughs> that would that would be great to see, especially as as two people who don't like CSK. I just feel like for me, it's getting a bit. Per- I'm I'm going to get a bit personal. Here. I don't really like the players. I don't I don't like Shane yeah. Watson. Yeah, I don't same. like Donny. Yeah. I don't like Faf Duplessis. I don't really <laughs> like any of them. And I've kind of always thought that they are for me. For me, they're the Man United. Yeah. And they always have. They always have been. I've never like. I've never liked CSK, and they always seem to win it. And they always seem to be there at the end. And la- last season they were a bit of fun because they just they could. The only thing they could do was bowl really well and re- and reduce teams to nothing, and no one would hit anything in the middle overs against them. But this season they seem to have lost that. And they, again. They're another team. They don't really seem to have any balance in their side. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely. I agree with you on that. On the uh, the non-balanced side of this uh, this podcast this week, the balance special. Um, she got Gary balance on us again. Good like say, not Gary. <laughs> okay, let's move on to um, seventh place. Sunrisers Hyderabad. Same record as CSK. Played five. One two. Lost three. But the English involvement in this comes in the shape of Johnny Bairstow uh, opening the batting. He's looked his usual self, susceptible to being bowled uh, through the gate, uh, whilst also showing a few flashes of brilliance. Um, an overseas captain here in David Warner, who's looked all right. He looks like a decent captain, actually, in fairness, as much as I hate to say it. Kane Williamson, um, who's now forced his way into the team, playing just some... I, I love Kane Williamson and he's my tweet of the week. We'll come on to that at the end of the podcast. Um, playing just a classical knock and then all of a sudden he's striking it at 200. Um, and my final mention wants to be Rashid Khan, who teams seem to just want to just play out and get rid of him as quick as possible. He's looking as lethal as ever. Um, I love watching him bowl. Yeah, I mean, and if, if people were to plan on playing a drinking game for this podcast, it would be every time I mentioned balance, because again, I'm going <laughs> to talk about balance. You'd be stuck, mate. You'd be kidding people. There'd be too many going to A&E. Oh, sorry, because this team, we've talked about their amazing players, but three overseas players in the top order. Yeah, and, no and balance. Also, and they're so, they're so reliant on that opening partnership. They were last year. They had the, It was the best opening partnership last year, and they snuck into the playoffs. But then both of them left the World Cup, so they didn't make it any further. Then, you know, Williamson's played a bit. He bowled the other day. He bowled, oh. His first over was very good. Second over, not so good. But then they've got, you know, they're not, they're pay, their bowling attack isn't great. I mean, I'd say it isn't great. They've got Rashid, but Rashid's bowling brilliantly. But teams are kind of working that out. Like we say, they're not letting Rashid get any wickets. I mean, the only player that seems to be able to hit Rashid is, is Owen Morgan. I don't know why. The only player in world cricket who can pick him. And anyone else like Bhuvanesh Kumar, not bowling that great. Bowled really well against Delhi, but hasn't been that great. And the other bowlers, they're just kind of picking them off and they're not bowling well at the death. So I I think, again, yeah, they're just unbalanced. Yeah, there we go. They're in the unbalanced category. Zach's had his put his stamp on uh, Sunrisers on the unbalanced side. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, mate. I think I think it was spot on. Um, you know, if you take Rashid, I think non for 12, he got taken for the other day. But then can pick off the rest of these at 10s, then that's fine. You're going to get yourself a score. Just don't lose wickets to Rashid seems to be the play at the minute. Um, that Bairstow-Warner opening partnership is such an attractive one on paper, but that hasn't really blown up yet. It has the, the ability to. Uh, that's why I think they'll stick with it. Um and then Mohamed Nabi, they've got in that squad as well. Another um, great Afghani player. Um, yet to, he's playing, I think, but yet to really kind of um, find any form. Uh, their other overseas player, Mitchell Marsh, who, as an overseas player who bats and bowls, is he part of your balance? Well, he he got he played in the first game and got and got injured, I think. And I think ah, he's, okay. I think he might actually now. I think that I. I actually read somewhere that was he can't fly home because of some rules with quarantine. So he's kind, but he he's kind of I think he might be just waiting around in the team hotel injured for the next month until the chartered flight that takes all the Australian players back to Australia. Oh, which in kind of the case, I feel so sorry for him because he's a man who's had a lot of injuries in his career. <laughs> and, I mean, it's quite funny, but also I do feel a bit bad for him. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think that opening partnership they relied on so much last year and it came off more times than it didn't. This time it's not coming off. Warner's out of Nick. He got a 50 yesterday, I think it was, but he's he's, he's properly out of Nick at the moment and he needs, he needs a good run. And Bairstow, like you said, I would love to see a stat of this, but I think he gets bowled more than any other batsman in world cricket. It just seems like his wickets, every new wicket is a replay of the last. It really winds me up. And he's just bowled, drags on, hits wicket, just just plays down a, a different line, a totally different line to where the ball's on and gets bowled. And he just gets kind of worked out. And I think, I think a right either hits or it misses. It's like the Narayan effect. And some risers are hoping that hits more than misses. Are they a top four team for you? Just wrapping up on them. No, I don't think like, they make Yeah. Likewise, nice and simple. Um, good luck to Johnny Bester, though. Obviously, we're back in the England, lads. Finally, down in eighth place, my team, Glenn's team as well. Kings 11, Punjab, uh, five games played, 1 1, lost four. <laughs> we spoke off air, we're amazed that this is the case, seeing as both of their opening batsmen have scored hundreds, outrageous hundreds at that. Um, I thought they were going to, they looked fantastic at like, I think they 1 1, lost one. I was like, okay, this could be their season. What's going wrong there? They've got such a lethal batting at lineup. Are they unbalanced, Zach? Oh, I mean, they are probably the most unbalanced. Because <laughs> like, we've said they both scored centuries. There are two opening batsmen that are in the top three run scorers in the tournament. If that's yeah. happened, you've won one game out of five. Something's yeah. seriously wrong with the balance of the side. That's they, it. They just, just can't bowl at the death they, their death bowling has been atrocious and i don't really know where it's coming from who's especially bowling badly uh chris jordan played a game did bowl really badly i think stoin is hitting for about 28 and one over shammy is is bowl looks really good up top and takes loads of wickets isn't doing it at the death and they're another side that's kind of being like a lot of these sides are being let down by substandard performances from overseas players because Nicholas Poolran and Glenn Maxwell are supposedly their power in the middle order if uh, Rahul and when Rahul and Agarwal get out, but neither of them are doing it really. Maxwell, he's hit a few runs, looked like he played himself into form in that last ODI against England, but hasn't done it. Poolran seems to only be able to do it in the in the Caribbean Premier League. I know that's a bit harsh, but he's really, really good in that and just doesn't seem to be very good in anything else. It's so interesting. I think you're right that if the overseas players don't fire, then the team looks a little bit like, mm, what's going on there? And that, But that's on the flip side, that's why I still think this team could make the top four. There's been a hopeful fan, an armchair fan at best, by the way. They're just my team, quote unquote. Um, because, you know, if Maxwell finds a bit of form, Ampere finds a bit of form, that could be great. Um, Rahul at the top of the order looks in such unbelievable form before his 100 I think he had an 80 something like that at least uh, I think he was one of the players and we mentioned this in, in a podcast um, a few weeks ago that has a test T20 and ODI 100 am I correct in saying that? You are yeah but he's like we, we've said I think we've said this before he's just I always forget about Rahul yeah I, I, I totally I, forgot I about him too I always forget he's good he's so good and it's in Nick as well obviously but 
um, looking absolutely lethal. Captain as well. Does he still have the orange cap for for most runs, or has someone overtaken him now? I th- I think his opening partner might have overtaken him. Oh wow! Well, there you go. And yeah, you know, this is like you just said. I think that's absolutely sums it up perfectly that they're top two and top three overall run scorers, and they're still bottom of the table. Something's wrong in the bowling attack. Jimmy Neesham is another overseas player, kind of sits there. He's got a good Twitter account. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's worth a follow, everyone. And he's good fun. He's got a nice dog. Um, but he doesn't look like he's doing that much for me. Um, Ravi Bishnoi looks good, though, doesn't he? Um, you've mentioned him a few times, Zach, actually, the uh, the leg spinner um, that you saw in the Under-19s World Cup. Yeah, top top wicket taker in the Under-19s World Cup. Looked really good, taking some really important wickets. Just kind of bowls... Just bowls quite tight. He takes, uh, he kind of varies his pace quite a lot. Got a few variations, and yeah, he's just he's quite economical. I think he looks like a really good prospect, and is 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 the star in this poor team because yeah, like you said, Nisham, he's not batted well. They've been bowling him at the death, which is something yeah. I don't think he's really ever done before. So that's you know we've talked about how good Rahul's been, but that's poor captaincy right there. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It doesn't make much sense. Don't don't use him there. Um, uh, you know, it's strange to take a game or so to realise that isn't the case. Chris Gale is in this squad, um, injured or just not being picked. I'm not too sure. He wasn't that great last year, and I think he's just not being picked. And I I hate that. I love Chris Gale. I want he's to see him play. He's IPL for me. But then, but, how does he come in for Rahul or Argawal, really? Well, exactly. They're the best opening partnership in the IPL. He's not going in anywhere, unless Argawal pushes down to three, which could work. Yeah, put Gale at three. That would be a laugh. Imagine him coming in at three. Oh, I mean, I just want to see Chris Gale play as much as possible before he retires. Exactly. He's got quite a few grey hairs now, so that's that. I think I saw that. I just, I just yearn for him to be in the team, just, just in case he does retire soon. That's it. Um, for me, Kings Eleven, they've never been that good, really. So they're not. They're surely not going to be at the top four, and they're at the top of Zach's unbalanced list. So surely there's no chance, is there? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I for me, there's no chance they're making it. But like you say, after the first two games, I was like, wow. Yeah. Kings Eleven. I feel like any time you ever think about predicting about the IPL, you're always like, well, Kings Eleven aren't making the top four, are they? <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, Kings Eleven aren't making it. RCB are going to underperform again. That's kind of the that's kind of the standard cheat sheet for the IPL. It's like Mumbai Indians and Chennai are going to look bad, but get there, and RCB and Kings Eleven aren't going to do it. The other teams will, you know, fit in around there. <laughs> that's it. If you want, if you want to, if you want to get to the pub, obviously before 10 p.m. and and you don't know much about the IPL, but you want to say a few lines to impress your cricket loving mates. That's it. What Zach just said. Then you will sound incredibly clever. That is the cheat sheet for this year. Um, so that's the summary of the eight teams. Um, a third of the way into the season, um, five games for most teams, just the four for KKR and Rajasthan. It's been fantastic, hasn't it? I, I've loved talking about that. And there has been so many stories coming out of it. We haven't even been able to touch on some of the crazy games and the crazy finishes there have been. There have been that many. Um, it's on such a great time of day. Sort of a three o'clock starts. Awesome. If you're working at home, obviously. Um, I'm enjoying... I don't like Kevin Peterson, but also I like listening to him commentate. He's on the English comms. What are your thoughts on the kind of the presentation of the IPL, um, especially no fans there as well? Uh, I mean, I really I like it. The like you said at the start, the crowd noise is growing on me. Kevin Peterson, I, I can't I can't get behind that though. <laughs> Kevin Peterson on commentary, he somehow manages to make it all about himself every yes. single time. Yes. He makes it all about himself, and then he just talks and talks and talks, and he he comes up with these narratives that sometimes just so far away from the truth and then he just sticks with them and I, I I can't get behind that I think that other commentators are enablers as well they kind of let Peterson go on this just sort of yeah random corridor this random garden path of some story or something he gets overexcited as well he gets way too overexcited for my liking I know there's been some excited games which he, you know he's winding in a little bit um he was on comms when Nicholas Puran did that outrageous save on the boundary and got rightfully excited about that, though. I'll give him that one. Yeah, that that was amazing, wasn't it? That was outrageous. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. Um, we're really enjoying it. I, Kings are not going to make it. KKR should make it for you, mate. They, they should. So, so me and Glenn will be disappointed. Um, next week, we're going to chat more about the IPL. We'll have uh, Will Singh on, who, if you remember, was on episode three of the Cow Corner podcast. 
big Rajasthan fan. So it'd be great to hear from him uh, about what he thinks. Um, and it's an exciting time and it, there's no other cricket on in the minute. So we can really get stuck into this. And, you know, I'm thankful it's on for one. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And yeah, like you say, there's no other cricket on, which, like I said last week, I think it was last week when uh, uh, that it's often a bit of an issue for English fans that it's on at the beginning of the English season. So people kind of turn off when it comes on, but a bit, but I feel like it's getting more, you know, uh, or, uh, it's becoming more popular in England just because of the, uh, because of the amount of English players that are in it this year as well. Yeah, that's definitely a huge help. And then comparing it to the blast, um, it, it different leagues apart. I know the, the poor blast, um, we've kind of hammered it a little bit this episode. Um, yeah, so that about wraps it up for episode 11, um, our blast and IPL uh, summary. We will be back next week to chat about um, more IPL with Will. Very exciting. I'm going to quickly give us the tweet of the week. Um, I love this. It's from Peter Miller, who's uh, at the Cricket Geek. Uh, this was during Kane Williamson's knock of, I think, 40 yards in, off maybe 20 deliveries the other day. He says, love watching Kane Williamson bossing it in a T20. It's like going to a nightclub and seeing one of your old teachers raging it up on the dance floor. And I think that's something that can be Oh, that's brilliant. I hadn't seen that. <laughs> yeah, cracking sweet. And Danny Morrison, who's one of the commentators, one of my favourite commentators. Um, he loves he loves the game, Danny Morrison, the Australian. Um, he was He's on that, that thread as well, um, commenting on that. They love a bit of Williamson. I do as well, and I think that sums it up perfectly. It is. Here's your old teacher raging up on the dance floor. Zach, thank you so much for joining me. Um, been great chatting. Good luck to KKR this week. Um, we'll see where they stand this time next week in, in that tight table at the minute. Let's see. And Kings 11 are probably still going to be rooted to the bottom of the table. We'll see. So we'll be back next week with Will, big Rajasthan fan. Look forward to seeing what he's got to say. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.